What's up, everybody? Welcome to Risk It for the Biscuit, uh, brought to you by Northern Creative and the Looney Bin Comedy Club in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, got a special episode today. Chris and Gary are gone, and I'm here with my pal, Mason Thatcher. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Thanks for being excited. And uh, today we have a really cool episode. We are talking about comedy. Um, I guess it's we're talking more about the business of comedy, but um, if you've heard me talk about the Looney Bin... That's where we are right now, my home club. And uh, we actually just got off a week. I performed um, my first week to feature here uh, last week, and it was great. It was amazing. You killed it. It was good. Thanks. And uh, yeah, so anyway, uh, Chris and Gary are on vacation, and Mason said, hey, if you ever want a club owner on the pod, then I'd love to do it. And I was like, this works out perfect. So we're going to be talking about that today, and so we're going to get right into it. Uh, You are not a comedian. Uh, You are a funny guy. But you are professionally not a comedian. You're a businessman. You have a bunch of businesses. That's right. So business only, not comedy. And thanks for saying I'm funny. I'm not a funny guy. Uh, but like being in the business of uh, yep. funny, so to speak. <laughs> Looney Bin's been here for what, 43 years? So they've been in business for 46. They've been at this location since 2007. Okay. And for in, in its heyday, there are four clubs, Oklahoma City, Little Rock, Tulsa, and Wichita. Five, one in Memphis. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Shocker. Oh, crazy. Okay. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm, I'm, Elizabeth, I'm already learning. That's right. Um, and so, uh, yeah, but about four months ago, I started getting blown up on Facebook and text and people just like, hey, I got a couple of buddies who just bought the Looney Bin in Tulsa and uh, I know them and they're looking for comics to connect with, especially you were looking for clean comics. And so here's the number. But then on your side, you're you you bought the club as an investment, I guess. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, investment. Yep, to yeah. to grow the business. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you wanted to do some clean comedy as well, which we didn't do as much clean comedy at the bin as we did as we do now. Sure. And you said that you're asking around people. And they're giving you my name. That's right. And what's funny is like as soon as I bought the place, I had over 40 people that I know message me. It was all the same message. Hey, I know a comedian who's a Christian and he's funny. Yeah. Because oh. that's the whole thing. Like, <laughs> Christian comedians are yeah. typically not that funny from, yeah. you know, outside perception. And so I was like, okay, who, it is, who is it? And it's just Adam Bush, Adam yeah. Bush. Like my whole phone was blown up. And I was yeah. like, who is this guy? I've never heard of him. Yeah. Yeah. And so then we talked, I think, that week. and. Yeah. Just kind of hit it off, and we both love the club for different reasons. And um, so, yeah, so, like, I've always – I've talked about this in the pod, but for a comic to have a home club is very important, a place where if, you know, I've got – if I'm doing a set on Fallon, I, I need somewhere tonight to get on stage. Right. And, like, some place that you, can, that you can call and you have a good relationship with and I can do favors for you uh, when you have somebody bail or something like that. And um, – and so uh, I've always called the Looney Bin my, I mean, I've only been a comic for going on five years, but I've always called the Looney Bin my home club, even when it wasn't, sure. Would, because, well, for a while it was the only club, so I'd just call it that <laughs> anyway, but it was, <laughs> not to get too spiritual, but it was almost like a step of faith just to be like, that's my home club. That's, right. I mean, it's where I perform the most, but then like for real now, like it is, it is um, uh, my home club and I love it. And we have other clubs in Tulsa, but this is, you know, I've been to them, but this is. This is the this is the place. 
I'm glad you consider it home. Yeah. I mean, I, and, and hopefully the feeling is that it is home. Hopefully you walk in here and you feel like it's your place. And yeah, yeah. Well, I did just, I'm exhausted because I did, just, I mean, we just did six shows and, you know, those late shows, they go, you get home at one and yeah. like Sunday morning, I was just, oh man, I was so tired, but we had good shows. Uh, so yeah. So uh, what's been really fun to experience has been just talking to you about the way that you run a business, like, because obviously you have one goal, like one big goal, which is more people in seats. Yeah. Because that equals more dollars. More dollars. And if we don't have more dollars, we can't have a club. That's right. Yeah. So uh, that juxtaposed against people coming in and being like, put me on stage. I'm funny. Like yeah. that you, there's a, there's a balancing act there sure. to, uh, to make the club work. So why don't we just start with this? You didn't own, own a club previous to four months ago. What have been your biggest surprises just as an individual and as a businessman with with having a club? I would say one of the biggest surprises is uh, navigating the proper show, right? So coming, when we came here, uh, most of the shows that we had in the beginning were booked out by the previous owners. Yeah. And so when we look at the way that they were doing their shows are different than the alignment of how I want to do my shows. Uh, also looking at it, our club specifically, our GM was picking our MCs. Mm -hmm. uh, I switched that for me to pick the MCs only because we had a show where we had a clean headliner, clean feature, and then our MC was extremely inappropriate. Yeah. That was tough for me. Yeah. Now we got through that those, those six shows, and it was tough. And I so just for clarity, because we'll have to explain a lot of inside baseball here. Sure. Most clubs have a dedicated booker. Right. And yes. so, and, and Looney Ben has had that in the past, I guess, maybe. But anyway, you became the booker pretty quickly. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So instantaneously, I was the booker. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of, a lot of people know this, but, you know, typically in a regular show, you've got a headliner, someone who's probably known, a feature, someone who's coming up in the world of comedy, and an MC, the host, which is typically local or regional. Sure. Sometimes they're from far away, but that's pretty rare. Yeah. And that's entry level kind of thing. I would say that that was the first thing that, that threw me off a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought that the previous person that was doing the booking was even booking uh, the MC. And it sounds like from some of the other clubs I've talked to, uh, the GM is booking the MCs too, which is very unique. Um, I took it under my control to make sure that we have a good, strong show. Yeah. Uh, the other surprising thing was um, the lack of business knowledge, I feel, that's not all, but some uh, comedians, especially newer comedians, oh, yeah. don't get like if if I have you in here to do a guest spot, that guest spot is to see if I want you to be an MC. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of folks don't know. They just think it's a surprise five minute guest shot, seven minutes, and yeah. they go up there and they run material. Hopefully they're prepared and run what they what they should be running. Yeah. But yeah, I think things like that's unique. So a lot of times um, people don't understand if they uh, when you're when you're starting out as a comic. Uh, there, are, there I, I said an MC is the entry level spot in a club, but but actually in a lot of clubs it's open mic or getting a guest spot. Right. And and if a club does an open mic, you know, hopefully the booker or the GM is watching. And if you do a good set, it's happened to me at the other bin, did a good set, and then when can I have you? Yeah. Uh, and then if a lot of times you might say, hey, great set, why don't you do a guest spot five ten minutes at one of our shows? You want to, and then you, those comics need to know we're bringing the heat yeah. because it needs to be your best. Yeah. Right. You, you run your, you run your, your, you know, your top five 
yeah. seven jokes. You make sure that you do your best to hit them and, and don't sprinkle anything in there that's unexpected and be, yeah. be prepared. So I think that was one of the bigger challenges. Um, the other one's like the marketing aspect of uh, marketing a comedy club versus marketing the other types of businesses that I've had. Like I do a lot of real estate and real estate investment. So how do you market that? So the, the difference there is, you know, you're marketing specifically the location, um, the uh, the property itself. Okay. Uh, which in turn is the same as a comedian, but it's also different because we're going to bring through some acts that some people don't know. And so if somebody doesn't know where the location of a property is, they're probably not looking in that same thing with comedian. If they don't know uh, that comedian or their style, yeah. uh, we have to find a unique way to market that person to get more people to come check them out. Okay. I mean, kind of like we've talked about a couple of times, um, you know, some folks bring a different draw than other folks and then trying to correlate yeah. between the difference and how you make that work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, and then, yeah. Okay. So. Um, and, and with stand-up comedy too, you're like, I mean, people need a house or they don't. Yes. And so it's kind of, it's very specific. Not everybody needs to laugh. Yeah. Not everybody needs to laugh or, you know what? I could go, we could go to the movies this weekend or we could do nothing. You compete against a a bunch of different aspects with a comedy show than you do with a property. Property, you know what's going on. In, in some regards, you do know that that weekend with comedy. But you don't know, are you competing with a brand new movie that came out? Because that could be it. You oh, could yeah, compete yeah. with that. Are you competing with the, the Tulsa State Fair? Are yeah. you competing with um, somebody who else is coming in You know that week to play the BOK? You're not 100% for sure what you're competing with. Yeah, exactly. So um, we'll zoom back up then. What, what was interesting to you about buying a club? So the interesting part was that there's not a, at least for this organization, there wasn't a structured marketing plan that they did week in and week out to bring in folks or to give awareness around certain comedians that are coming in. So it was was a challenge. Complete challenge. Yes. And a lot of other challenges like booking talent can be a challenge too. And that challenge is different than, than what you would think. So I actually have a question for you. What would you say the hard thing is about getting booked? Well, uh, so I, um, I, I think it is getting um, your attention. Yeah. yeah. So I, when I say you, I mean the booker. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Getting their attention. So, I, you know, with you, it's easy. I, we just happen to become friends pretty quickly. Sure. And so it's so there's mutual trust. We have a relationship outside of just comedy. Like we just talk about other things. But with other bookers, my only in is, hey, I think I'm funny. Will you book me? That's right. And that's what everyone is saying. Sure. And so to get noticed is it's, it's, it's just such a big, big hurdle to overcome. And I heard... Um, uh, the the owner at Flappers Comedy Club that I've performed at in um, in Burbank say every comic starts with the same thing. They say, I'm funny. And yep. she's like, you probably are. Yep. So is everybody else. And she goes, why don't you ask me about my dog? Yeah. If you're a dog person, we might connect a little bit. That's actually, that's actually a really good, um, really good thing that she said. Because here's why. Because you're right. Your challenge is to get my attention, right? Or get a booker's attention. Um, a booker wants to book comedy shows. Yeah. We want funny people. That's what you need. 
only funny people, yeah. right? That doesn't mean that everyone's going yeah. to have the best set of their life when they're up there. Uh, but we want to book you. We yeah. want somebody who's going to come there and make us laugh and entertain um, our audience mm-hmm. and then have a good time and then want to come back. Yeah. So there's some challenges on that side. And I would say outside of the business aspect, booking is the biggest challenge. And one of it is, I'll give you an example, is um, I was here and I was in the meeting in this back corner over here with the headliner. And it happened to be an open mic night. And uh, I had a uh, comedian come up and into our meeting multiple times. And I was like, hey, give me a few minutes. I'm going to, I'll chat with you in a minute. And it was my first week here. So it was unique. I was getting ambushed by this fellow. And then I saw him in the lobby and he goes, when's the last time you sold out a whole week? I said, well, I've been here for a week. It's my first week. I haven't sold out a whole week. (laughs) So I'm going to say never. He goes, I will sell you out completely every single show. I don't know this guy from Adam. Six shows? I don't know this guy from Adam, right? And so I said, okay, yeah, you can sell six shows. Six shows, great. Fantastic. I don't know who you are. I apologize. Can you give me 15, 20, 30-minute tapes so I can watch you? And they said, well, I don't have that. Yeah. Then how are you – what do you mean you don't have that? Well, if you let me up there and run six shows, I will give that to you. And it threw me off because I thought maybe this this person was joking and they were right. not joking. Yeah. And so I think little things like that, that's a way to not get my attention. Because yeah. instantly I was like, well, this guy's not probably going to be yeah. able to do that. Yeah. So that w- I think that was unique. Uh, the other thing is um, I love getting emails about booking. I love seeing the links. I love hearing, you know, the, the cool thing that a couple comedians that I won't say their names right now that I haven't booked yet that I love about them is even this morning one sent me a link and was like, I sold out these two shows over the weekend. Here's the, here's the link. And I'm like, I mean, that's, it's pretty impressive. Those yeah. are, those are, you know, 250 seaters. That's great. That's yeah. a great weekend for them. And when we get done with here, with this podcast, I'm going to reach out and say, okay, hey, when yeah. can we book mm-hmm. a book? And this person has filled me in with their schedule and uh, what they're yeah. doing and things they've done different for the last yeah. 90 days. And I think that's super unique. Yeah. Um, the other challenge is, uh, you know, another unique way is you get emails and I uh, say consistently email us. We're, we're paying attention. We can't always yeah. get it. Yeah. Does it mean if I don't respond to you, that doesn't mean I don't want to book you. You get a ton of emails. I'm get a hundred emails a day about booking, which is a lot. And I'd say 30 of those yeah, is the same person's okay, yeah. doing, which is fine. Yeah. But I have to go through and watch the tape. And then I have to say, what does my schedule look like? Yeah. And if you send me your dates and I don't have a date that fits, I'm not going to respond and say, I don't have a date that fits. I'm going to eventually find, if I think that you're who I want to bring in, yeah. I'm going to find a date and then you're going to get a surprise email. Hey, here's, here's a date that works. Does that work for you? Yeah. Yeah. And so I think the patience aspect is huge. Yes. yes. I think it's huge. Yeah. What about in, in regards to people responding? Like, uh, I, I mean, I kind of think I know the answer, but like. How quickly? Yeah. Well, I mean, I have somebody I tried to book and they, they iced me out for a week. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're the. I think you're the one that iced me out no, for almost I, a week. <laughs> Put it out there. He iced me for a week, but it was okay. It took a minute, but I, I got I got the system going. Hey, but I told you today. Yeah, you yeah, asked sure. me today, and I gave you an answer. Right. So I would say with typically, if we respond, we're trying to fi- feel that seat pretty quick. For yeah. me, 
my goal is to stay booked out six months ahead of time. Okay. And the reason why I want to stay six out six months out ahead of time is to make sure that I get the folks that I want that work. And then any special shows, I want to add in there. Yeah. So I want to make sure that we can have a pretty cohesive schedule. Yeah. I can have it out there for all the customers that want to come in and see a show. And I can start marketing these folks properly. Yeah. So, I mean, scheduling and booking, it's just a full-time gig. It's just so much. Because I, I know, because even last week, you're like, dude, my feature, I got sick, canceled. Yeah. We got a big hole. Yeah. Who, who can we get? And, we're, and I'm just like helping you like, okay, these people say these guys are good. And like uh, these other people say that maybe these guys are good. And, but now you're working with a date. You're like, in two days, I need someone yeah. who can come here for four days. It worked out for you to do that. Yeah, it worked out for me. Um, and it worked out for us too. Yeah. One, I feel like you've done a lot for this club. You know, this being your home club, I feel that uh, we have a great relationship. And because of that, I felt the need to give you more time, even though you didn't put yourself up. You thought of others before you. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to give him this week. I think he'd do great. It's going to be his first week featuring. It's a lot earlier timeline because I wanted to bring you in feature earlier than when I had you originally, which is a couple still now. Now it's January. Now it's January. Yeah. And so I'm glad that that happened yeah. because then now that we had to push out the other show to January, you would have had to wait till January to feature. Yeah, right. So is, it worked out in our you, favor. Is there anything there with um, just maybe comics – just helping you with other things, like instead of like, it does kind of feel like my experience at the clubs is just like me, 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 me. And it, it, it feels like if someone is just like, Hey, you know who you should book this person. Sure. And, and I like that. I think I, I do like that. I like when someone's like, Hey, I was on the road with so-and-so and they did really good. Yeah. You should take a look at them. Yeah. And that's great. And I really do think that a lot of comedians probably do help each other out. Where they're like, hey, oh, yeah. this person got me a show. Let me get this show. Yeah. And I think that's that's okay. Yeah. What I would say is, if if a comedian tells me somebody to book, sell someone they want me to book, don't make me feel bad if I don't book them because okay. that has happened. Okay, that has happened. Yeah, I had a comedian who was um, extremely tough on me uh, for the, especially for the. I was here my first couple of weeks. It was like three weeks. I asked a few questions, and, and they were like, "Well, you're you're a new owner and a new booker, so I don't know that you know." Oh, wow. And so somebody suggested that person, and so I didn't want to book them. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of off-putting. I was like, you know what? You're right. I know that I don't know that I don't want to book you. Yeah. That's what I know. Yeah. Doesn't mean I won't book them in the future. I'm not someone who holds a grudge. But for that moment, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to book you for that show. Yeah. So it it really is. I mean, it almost seems like it goes without saying, but like it's so much about relationship that like it it feels like to me, if I can can get over the hurdle – of getting a booker's attention from there it's really about just keeping a relationship because it really is it's like getting a client like when i used to be a videographer it's just like it took so much to get a new client but once i did good work and kept a good relationship they were calling me all the time which is what's happened with us and and i have that relationship with some other clubs and some churches but like, would you say? No, it's great. Yeah. No, I would say relationships fantastic. And I'll tell you something that's really unique. So I'm going to Florida at the end of August, beginning of September. I had a comedian that I was talking to who told me, or it, during our conversation, we were just chatting and I told them I would be there in Florida around that time. Oh, and they're yeah. like, oh, I think I have a show coming up. And I was like, cool, that's awesome. Well, that comedian last week sent me two tickets for my wife and I to go to his show. Awesome. And was like, hey, I talked to a club owner. Here's two tickets. I know you haven't booked me yet. Come watch me live. And I just 
that made me feel so good about them. I was okay. like, man, they really care about their crowd. They want me to see them somewhere else, yeah. which is fantastic. And I thought that that's a great way to start a relationship. Now, let's talk about patience. I have heard Booker say in workshops before, sometimes it's not no, it's just no right now. You might not be a good fit for who I've got booking or I've got some other people in front. And you mentioned patience, like just like talk about like your experience with that. That's fa- I mean, it's fantastic. I mean, we can use some of the top comedians as a, a great example of that. Um, it's never no. It is never no. It's a never no. It's always not right now or maybe next time. Yeah. Or, I mean, I'll give you a good example. If you are a feature who is known for coarse language mm-hmm. and you're, you're saying the F word every five seconds, am I going to put you with a clean headliner? No. Because that, those, what we have to understand is most of the customers are coming in to see the headliner, right? Like that's the goal for the most part. Now, if you're a feature and you have people coming in to see you, that's fantastic. I think features have a draw as well. But for the most part, the majority are going to come to see the headliner. If that headliner's clean yeah. and you're not clean, why would I want to put you or put our headliner in that situation where you're going to hit them with some shot comedy yeah. and then the headliner's going to come in and have to follow that. Oh, yeah. so, so I would say for me, it's more of not right now or let me put the show together that works. Yeah. So let's say I'm, let's say I, um, I'm, I'm in that, I'm a comic and I'm in that season with you where it's just like not right now. What, what can I be doing to just make sure that I'm on your radar? Yeah, I think I think sending sending updates of what you're doing. He, hey, here's what I'm doing in my community here. Here's what I'm doing at other clubs. Here's how that's working. I, I think that that's amazing. Sending your calendar of what you have going on. I travel a lot, right? So I do a lot of travel just with other different types of business. I love comedy. And, and one of the reasons why I bought the place is because I love comedy. And I go to comedy shows all the time all over. So if if I'm in Austin and you're at a club and you've been emailing me and I know it, I'm probably going to look at my email and go, oh, who's playing here this week? Who's yeah. been updating me? Yeah. I'm going to come watch your show. Yeah. And what better place to have somebody that's booking than someone who's sitting there watching you perform? Now, I do have something unique to say about this because there's multiple stages to this business. And I'm sure every comedian knows when you first start out, you just need stage time. So stage time is most important. Oh, yeah. You're just trying to get on stage. You don't care if you get paid. You, you asked me pretty early. You're like, I'd done a few things for you. Or just introduce you to the community. You're like, what can I do for you? I was like, give me that stage time. That's all I need, man. It's important. And when I did acting, I just wanted to be on film. I didn't yeah. care what film it was. I didn't care what it was. I, I would, did it for free. Uh, yeah. There were some gigs I paid to do oh, because yeah. you have to travel to go then. Yeah. I had one where I got uh, Chick-fil-A. And that was payment. And I was the first time I ever got paid was for Chick-fil-A. And I was like, yo, I just got a Chick-fil-A sandwich, the spicy one, and and surprise. (laughs) I'm killing it. Like, this is great. So I have to remember that, you know, there are stages just like when I was doing acting when it comes to comedy. So you have people in that stage and you have people in the stage that are working and they're working local. And you have some that are moving on and they're traveling. And then you have some there at the top. And so when it comes to booking, though you're trying to get the attention of bookers, I'm trying to get the attention of top players. Okay. I'm emailing them. I'm calling their agent. So I'm doing the same thing. Interesting. And yeah. a lot of club owners are doing that too. You know, we want to get the attention of yeah. top tier, right. especially before they go to go to theaters. If you can catch someone that's got a good run, just like Matt Reif, when, yeah. when he had his good run, yeah. all the clubs that got him for the last 18 months did really well. He was selling out shows for a long time. 
they knew his window was coming. Yeah. They knew that opportunity was almost over. Yeah. So we're looking for – club owners are looking for that talent too. And we're also looking for the ones who we know are going to be there, yeah. but they're just not there yet. Yeah. And we're like, how do I get them to come play my club for a couple of shows, one show, two show, five shows, Yeah. to get the loony bin in the background so when they do blow up, I'm like, hey, the guy played my club. Yeah. You should come play my club too. Yeah. And, and my assumption too is because – if, if you don't know, uh, if, if you're listening to this, you don't know about comedy, like, you know, Taylor Tomlinson, she's doing her theater tour, then she's going to do her Netflix special, and then she's back at square one with her hour. She's going to start doing clubs. Yeah. She's going to go go through. And so you're look, you're you're hoping that they're going to come back. Yeah. Yeah, whenever after they're done with Netflix, and then you sell out a bunch of shows. That's yeah. right. And then they get to work on their material that's new and fresh for them. Right. And it's exciting time. I think – a comedian before they hit their special is always the best. Yeah. And it's because you get to watch them work at that material. Yeah. And it's, those are some of the best shows I've seen is right before uh, a comedian went and did their special or before they went and hit theaters. Like I've seen Theo yeah. Vaughn at Bunch and yeah. I've watched him and I watched his jokes more from one way to the other by the time it hit the special. And you're like, oh, man, it's just unique to watch the structure and the writing and the talent that goes in there of how someone morphs in and and changes up their style yeah. to make it the top of what they believe they need to put on film to sell to a Netflix or an HBO or something like that. So it's beautiful. It's a beautiful story to watch play out. So it is interesting that, you're, you know, we're talking on the comedy on the comic side about the uh, the relationship, but. You also are doing. I, I, I mean, I guess I did realize, but you, you're also talking about like I'm having to build relationships. I'm building relationships with you know agents and yeah. and 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 people and comics and bigger comics, and then hopefully they'll come back. And so there is very much a a, a give and take there, sure. where everyone has to play their role and be hospitable and serve each other. I think it works that way. And and, and I could be a different owner. I've talked to other owners who have a different perception of, of how to do this than I do. Um, I'm definitely a very hospitable guy. I'm changing things at the loony bin where we're doing a lot of things a lot different, I believe, um, which is great. And we have so many more changes to go through, but since me being new to quote unquote booking and scheduling, uh, Mine is all relationship building. Yeah. Um, I'm calling and saying, hey, I'm Mason Thatcher. I'm not calling and saying, hey, I'm this guy that's been booking for 30 years. Everybody wants to take my phone call. Right. Because there are guys like that. When they call, agents are going to pick up the phone. Comics are going to pick up the phone because they know, hey, if I get this person, I probably have X amount of shows. Yeah. And where nobody knows what to expect from me. Right. So my very first month, I picked up the phone and called comics. And they were all shocked. I mean, shocked. Yeah. This usually happens through email. Calling agents. Hey, here's what we're doing different. Oh, well, no one does it that way. Yeah. Why? What? What's your thought process? Everyone asks, what's my thought process? Why would I do it this way? Why am I calling instead of emailing? Why am I wanting to, you know, I make sure everything's down on paper, you know, not necessarily a contract, but an agreement that says, here's what, never what the comic has to deliver. I do it differently. Here's the time slot. You've gotten them. Mm-hmm. Here's your role that week. Here's the week. Here's your time slot. Yeah. Here's your pay. Yeah. Here's this. Here's that. Boom. Tell me you agree to it. Once you tell me you agree to it, I know when you come in, what all I have to do on my end to make sure I fulfill yeah. what I agreed to you. Yeah. My expectation is that you're a professional and you're going to kill it on stage. Yeah. And if you don't, you're going to recover. Yeah. But I do think it's important to note that is your expectation. 
Like one, yeah, having performed at the Bend before and now, some of the changes you've made have um, that might not seem substantial to someone who's not a comedian, but um, w- one of them is that we get a free meal. Yeah. A lot of clubs, you when you go, you're not going to get a free meal, which I know <laughs> for some people who maybe aren't in this industry, they, they might think that's odd, but or, or or who cares? But the truth is, it's at dinner time, <laughs> and yeah. so like, and you get here, and uh, inevitably, every club, a waiter comes to you and says, "What can I get you?" And you're just like, "I don't want to spend." I mean, club food is—it's not cheap. No. I'm not looking to spend, especially if you're an MC. I'm not looking to spend what I'm making tonight on a chicken sandwich. <laughs> and so, you changed it, and and this weekend we had a meal for every night. Something I think newer comics might not understand is you're 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 giving an olive branch and saying like hey i'm going to treat you well i'm asking you to i'm asking you to be professional right. as well you're being professional to us so that means when i go up there i'm not working on jokes if i do one i'll put it in the middle that's right and it's not going to be that long but i'm going to try to murder because that's my job, especially as an MC or as a feature. I'm trying to set up the next guy. And ultimately, they didn't, they're not here to see me. I mean, we get a few people, you know, your mom comes or whatever. Yeah. But I perform in Tulsa so much. They're here to see the headliner. And I want those laughs to continue from me. So do you, well, I don't know. I'm sure you agree. But do you have any? No, I, t- I, t- I totally agree. And, you know, doing the small changes like having snacks on the table oh, huge. for the comics. Oh, huge deal. It's, I did not know that those things were such a big deal. I just know that the common courtesy and things that I would want in the way that I'd want to be treated, it's happening. Another thing is we're we're changing from our condo. We have a condo and a lot of Yeah, so a lot lot of places, a lot of people don't know, um, and uh, we're going to take a break after this, but uh, a lot of people don't know that a a lot of clubs, they have a comedy condo, and it's a house or an apartment or a cabin where you go and... You would stay there with the other comics. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're getting away from that. And there, there is good and bad about this, about the condo. So I'll tell you about getting away from it. The good is you get a hotel. It's nice. Always clean. Not that our condo is not clean, but it's guaranteed to be clean. You yeah, know, that nobody was there before, yeah. you know, doing any funny business or whatever, playing a, a joke, no practical yeah. jokes. So, you know, it's clean. You know that you're going to get up and get a breakfast in the morning. It's going to be great. Yeah. Um, the bad side is, and, and what I've heard, is so like MCs that come in town and features that come in town, certain headliners they want to spend that extra time with, whether it's learning about oh, the business. Yeah. And so I could see that that could be a, a bit of a challenge. Yeah, comedy is so isolated yeah. that often you want to hang out. That's right. So let's do this. Um, we're going to end this uh, episode right here. Uh, I think we're about 30 minutes in or whatever. So it'll be the first part. Um, hey, a uh, couple of quick shout outs uh, to our sponsors, uh, Northern Creative. That's Gary Hornstein, our, our uh, producer. It's his company, graphic design, video, uh, animation, everything that we have on our pod and, um, you know, on uh, on his work. Uh, he's doing, you can check that out at northern.work on Instagram, uh, or you can go to northern.work online and you can see that. So for all of your video needs. And then, of course, our home, my home club, Tulsa Looney Bend. Uh, you can check out our lineup uh, for the fall. 
we're, we're in the summer right now for the summer and the fall. Actually, I'll promote this show because this is coming out this week. I am hosting for a very funny comic here at the Looney Bin named uh, Stephen Rogers. Uh, it is the 19th through the 22nd of July. You can get those tickets at Tulsa.LooneyBin.com or you can call. What's our number? I've never given the number before. 918-392-JOKE. 392-JOKE. Okay. Yeah. And so, and especially if you come on a Wednesday or a Thursday, that's a service industry night, ladies night. We talk about this all the time on the pod and you can call ahead and um, get, uh, reserve your tickets. And sometimes you can get a special deal on tickets for those nights. So yeah. Okay. Check that out. Uh, come back for part two. It'll be next week. See you later. <laughs> Thank you.